Do they know it's 90s code at all? Hey everybody, welcome back uh, to 90s Court. I'm sure you were Whoa. thinking like, finally they're back, and I really hope that Andy just <laughs> sings <laughs> a great singing. version of fucking uh, Band-Aid, uh, like 80s <laughs> Christmas song. Uh, this is fantastic. Yes. That was delightful, Andy. Oh, really? Hello. Hmm. It was. All that in a bag of chips, my friend. Yes. We're back, Hello. guys. We just, I like, we miss you so much. We we took a we took a trip. We helped somebody else out, and we did their episode. Hopefully, you guys mm-hmm. caught that episode. We just recently did of the Black Case Diaries, where we covered in much more more depth uh, Twister, <laughs> which was yes. a blast. Um, and uh, and yeah, so we just are super glad to be back because we've kind of taken a few weeks off, and we had one Christmas episode we knew we just had to do this year, um, and so yes. we're excited to be bringing that to you today. Are we? Yes. We are. I think maybe you're more excited than I am, but we'll get to that later. Well, yeah, because here's we'll the thing. I love. I will just say this ahead of time. I love both movies, and I'm not going to comment on Lisa's. Feelings I am fully indifferent. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we took we took a week off just for like a mental clarity break and like scheduling differences, and then we did that. And I always tell you, like, I always feel like a break is going to be so refreshing, and then I'm just like, I miss the show. Yeah. I sent Lisa. I sent Lisa the show notes a little bit ago, and she just like, was like, oh, like it like, was just a, it was a fucking spiritual experience for her. It was. So, uh, hey, and and real quick, I know like apparently nobody cares because nobody mentioned anything about it, but just as an FYI, so last week you might recall I we dropped a quick episode of Anomalous Fascination just to be like, hey, listen, you're not getting any content, so here's the thing instead. Um, I fully intended for that episode to be episode seven. Uh, the Kentucky Meat Shower, um, and it wasn't until yesterday that I discovered it was not. <laughs> well, here's here's what I think you should do. I think you should flip it in reverse and just be like, that was episode eight. Episode seven exists, but in your mind. Yeah. And uh, and just be like, well, it's, it's, uh, it's very It's mainly anomalous. that I'm bummed because I, I picked the Kentucky Meat Shower because that episode fucking owns bones. Um, mm-hmm. The other one's fine, too, but I, I just kind of was like, that's got to be really confusing for everybody's like, this is a podcast I don't listen to necessarily, and it has the name and a complete description about this episode that, when I turned it on, was not there. So, just so you guys know, I did go back and I changed it, so it is, so there is, episode 7 actually is in there, the Kentucky Meat Shower, so at least for people in the future who listen, they will be far less confused than you may have been, so. And guys, even if you, like, if you listen to the show, you like, you like Andy, you like Lisa, you, that's a different Andy. I like that Andy too, and because it's it's he just brings a totally different everything. Hey. And I, I the Kentucky <laughs> Meat Showers up is awesome. I will tell you this is it's hilarious. Like because some of the guys, especially the patrons who like to chime in a lot, like uh-huh. at least I know a couple of them were like, I love the part where Andy used his anomalous fascination voice during that last episode. I don't remember what episode it was, but. Apparently, I started talking in that voice when I was talking about something on the show. You can you can turn it on. I'm I'm gonna call it Mr. Serious mm. Claude Filter. But um, but we're back. We're back from break. Yeah, and we're here. And we and, and we decided guys, we're gonna kind of get away with a little get get rid of some of the formalities and the extra announcements and bullshit just to get you straight to the meat. Yes, the meat showers. The '90s meat showers. Yeah, I said that, and then I was like, "Well, Lisa might have been just about to say some bullshit." So no, I I'm ready. I'm ready. No, I'm ready to take a bite out of crime. Let's okay, this. well, this week I'm going to be covering McCruff the Crime Dog. I'm kidding. Yes. That's not what I'm covering. Um, that would be amazing. But I will be covering. I think McCruff was from like the '80s, maybe. But 
I will be covering another Christmas thing uh, because actually, mm-hmm. believe it or not, we had initially planned on doing one thing uh, for a Patreon episode a while back and ended up instead doing some classic Christmas movies for that instead uh, because I wanted to use this potentially for something in the 90s later. So I was looking over Christmas episodes of 90s shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've already covered like the Hey Arnold one, I believe, last year. So I decided to bring you a different episode of a different show that I, when I started watching it, it like right off the bat, I was like, holy shit, I didn't even remember this. I have seen this so many times because this mm-hmm. song started and it brought me back instantly. Okay. Um, and what song is that, you ask? Well, here we go. Let's do this. Wow. What do those Yuletides mean? What, it's, what does that mean? It's Rocco's Modern Christmas, of course. I'm going to turn that shit off. But that song, like I said, if if you know, if you've heard that song before, like I have, because this thing is like when it was Christmas time, like all the fucking shows on Nickelodeon would replay their fucking Christmas specials and everything like that. And Rocco's yeah. Modern, I mean, Rocco's like the best cart. Again, I know you do disagree with that, but Rocco's my I, favorite cartoon. If I were, I mean, if I were to be really honest with myself coming back to it, I think Rocco is the more digestible proper sure. like this this is this was suitable for someone to watch show right. over Rin and Stimpy you just feel like, feel like Rin and Stimpy yeah. feels a little bit more like smut like yes. that you're like yes. embarrassed yes. to have some people see so like I don't want my parents to see this yeah um so Rocco's Modern Christmas which uh had a second title apparently I don't know what it was but it was called Can't Squeeze Cheer from a Cheese Log which sure. is cool because it has nothing to do with the episode <laughs> so what yeah, there was nothing to do with any of that from that. So, um, but this was like, like, like I said, it's a comedy, of course, and everything like that. But of course, they do a very good job in the storytelling of kind of like making you feel things. At least me, I felt things. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, so one of the rare Rocco episodes, and the fact that it is a full episode long, rather than most episodes, which are two shorts um, into mm-hmm. one episode. So basically, we're starting out. It's Christmas Eve. And there's an animated cloud floating above Rocco's house uh, that's just trying to shit out a snowflake so hard. And Rocco's just standing there looking up at it like, I wonder if it's going to do it. And then it's just like, and and this snowflake flies out at him like a fucking like a gunshot, hits him in the eyeball and knocks him out. And then we go to the uh, that intro music that I just played. Because that's when you know it's truly Christmas. So yes, when when a cloud has taken a, a snowflake shit into your eyeball, but only yeah. one, but only one, because evidently just one. it just never snows in O Town. Evidently, according to Rocco, must um, be in Texas. Okay, good to know. Checks out. Uh, so Rocco sees there are new neighbors moving in across the street, um, and they have some dope Christmas decorations. Like they're just decked out. Um, they moved in, and apparently the first thing they do, like we got to put up Christmas decorations, because why the fuck not? Yeah. Um, so Rocco shortly after calls Heifer and Filbert and is like, hey, guys, like, let's decorate the house on this to get some Christmas cheer going. Um, and we can have a little small Chris- Christmas to get, the- get together, which he was planning on just the three of them just to get together and have have a little nice uh, time together. Because the big focus of Rocco is like about Christmas cheer and about mainly more than anything being with people you care about and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, so. 
Filbert Filbert gets called, and he immediately asks his um, hooked-handed girlfriend, um, who you're probably familiar with, the doctor, I guess, who's the dentist. um, She wants to go, and she's like, fuck yeah. Um, And then he asks Heifer, and Heifer's like, yeah. And then he's like, mom, dad, you guys want to go? And so the whole Heifer family is going to go, too. And apparently Filbert's girlfriend started, like, a, a fucking call chain, and, like, everybody in town is now going to go to this party. And so Rocco finds out, and was like, fuck, well, I guess I got to kind of up the game a little bit here to make sure there's enough for this huge party that's going to be up there. So he's pretty excited because he's like, great, this is going to be obviously a lot of work, but he all he cares about is the Christmas cheer and making sure everyone's having a good time and being together. Mm-hmm. So um, he, he also, once he finds out that so many people are going, he's like, well, shoot, when it was only two of like two people, I was fine if I didn't, you know, invite anybody else. But now that I've and so many people are going, I've definitely got to send out invitations. So bear in mind what I said before. It's Christmas Eve. Um, possibly the morning of Christmas Eve. And uh, the party's going to be at Christmas Eve at 8 p.m. OK. And so Rocco then sends out a bunch of invitations that are letters. In the okay. mail. So the ma- oh. apparently O-Town's got some rad mail. I like they don't even address the fact that that is insane. But apparently they're just like, oh, of course, letters delivery that that'll that'll show up on time. Yeah. Like um, you yeah, you put it in the mailbox 17 minutes later. It's it's at the recipient's mailbox. Yeah. So totally apparently, cool. listen, we don't know the fiction in their the world they're living in. Maybe it does work that way. Yeah. Um. So he goes he goes to get a Christmas tree and finds that Heifer and Filbert are selling trees. Uh, basically, there is one Christmas tree that's like super excited, huge, and acting like a dog, and then there's <laughs> other two things that are clearly just not Christmas trees at all. And they're like, "Which one do you want?" And so he's like, "I guess I'll take that spunky little guy." Um, and so he's like, "The dog, the the tree's super excited." And then of course they cut it down with the chainsaw. As you see, the eyes go X'd out, and its tongue falls out as it dies. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I love I love that I love that like super gross out i know x out shit rocco did it, at least it wasn't as like spumco gross but it was still it was yeah. still up there so uh though so rocco then goes to the mall to get supplies because apparently the mall is just the only business that they have um yes. that sells everything so he goes there and apparently they sell groceries too because he go- leaves with a shitload of groceries as well but uh so he's there at this weird ass mall and apparently this uh one of his neighbors that lives across the street that's very tiny and looks like a Tootsie Roll uh, with a head <laughs> uh, has been following him around all day. And so while he's at the mall, um, I guess the, the little guy gets goes into a shoe store and these alligators that own the shoe store are being dicks to him. So Rocco comes to his aid and defends him um, and pretends to want to buy these shoes. So then they get distracted and then he runs out with the guy, with the little guy in his uh, with him. So. He saves this guy's ass and then decides to bring him home because he knows he lives across the street from him. Okay. In that super decked out Christmas house. So he goes over to that house and is dropping off the kid and they he opens the door and there's a fuckload of elves in there. Um, and so they invite him in and the house is super dope. We've got like, you know, Christmas tr- choo-choo trains like going around the place, like amazing decorations. They're building mechanical stuff and everything like that. Apparently they're making this mechanical snowman I'm sorry, mechanical Santa Claus as well. Okay. Um, but in the end, basically, Rocco invites them to the party, um, and they say, "Sure, what the hell?" So, Ed Bighead, <laughs> of course, obviously go. is going to be fucking Scrooge in this situation. So, uh, so he hates people having fun, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of learn that it's mostly because he doesn't think he's pretty sure he was not invited to this party. And so he's like, well, fuck this and fuck Christmas and fuck all these fuckers. So word for word. So, how it yeah. Down so listen, like to be clear, like we haven't talked in a while. So I get to double my fucks for the week. Yes, this um, is true. Double up. So. So he sees that the elves are living <laughs> across the street and he's like, elves, I hate elves. That's um, racist. Oh, well, he is a little bit racist. He's also <laughs> yeah. a weird frog man. So. Um, so then he shortly afterwards sees Filbert walking down the sidewalk and he comes out and tells Filbert that elves are going to be there. And he's like, OK, well, so what? And he's like, they have. Oh, you haven't heard about elves. They have wicked toe fungus. And Filbert breaks out in a rash immediately, goes home and tells his girlfriend about it. And she's like, I don't think we can go because, uh, you know, I just can't risk it. And so the girlfriend starts calling people and telling them about it as well. And so it's kind of like the opposite of the phone chain from before where she's all these different people are calling other people and can't basically they're all deciding not to go. Um, and of course, nobody tells Rocco about this. So it's just everybody's canceling on going to his party. Um, and eventually they even call the, like it's kind of a, a case of telephone, obviously, where the ch- story changes as you go down the line. Because then they call the elves <laughs> that are across the street, which the rumor was about to begin with, and they're but they're like, there's gonna be some some diseased trolls there, and they're like trolls. Oh my gosh. Oh no, we're not going there. Um, and so then we we cut to uh, Rocco, who is at mm-hmm. home. The house is decorated. He's got this massive Christmas tree set up. Everything's perfect. He's got snacks and food and everything everywhere. And so he sits down in his nice little chair. Uh, folds Aww. his hands and is just waiting, uh, waiting at 8 p.m. And then we see, you know, a cutout to black and it comes back and it's midnight and he's still sitting there by himself. That is the saddest thing. I know, especially so like, in this show, particularly because Rocco is just so earnest and like and adorable in, in his like uh, Christmas belief in Christmas cheer and like people being together and everything like that, mm-hmm. that it's like this is just like crushing because. And he also tries to call his parents and they don't answer the phone and it's just, you know, it's a mess. So but he's thinking about, you know, calling it quits for the night and then he gets a knock at the door and it's the little elf from across the street that he'd helped before. And so he comes in and sees that Rocco's like super bummed out and asks him to read him a Christmas story. So he's reading the night before Christmas to this little elf and then Rocco falls asleep uh, with the kid in his lap. Um, and so the little elf is like, fuck. He doesn't talk. He's just he just makes jingling <laughs> noises. To be clear, but he goes outside the little Tootsie Roll guy, um, and it's like I need to make this right and fix this for Rocco. Um, and he knows that he wanted snow really bad. So uh, evidently, the elves had talked before in the in the show about the fact that only one elf ever had been able to make snow uh, to to cause it to snow. Um, and so, but this kid is still trying his hardest to figure it out. And then he um, realizes that you know the key to christmas cheer is love and you know loving other people and being with them and so he sends out like a heart out of his chest into this thing and then the 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 cloud from the beginning <laughs> that was trying to shit just all of a sudden looks like it is just going to diarrhea everywhere <laughs> it's like it's like oh got to go and so then all of a sudden it just starts just laying snow all over rocco's um house and and yard <laughs> and so then we wake up the next morning um he gets up and he sees a bunch of people standing out in the road looking towards his house and he goes out there and it's like everybody that was originally supposed to be at the party was standing out there because he his house was the only one in town that was completely covered in snow um 
and they all end up apologizing and saying like, Hey, you know, sorry for spreading the rumor and everything like that. Um, and he's like, well, that's okay. Like you can, you guys can come in now. So, cause he had still had everything ready. So they just all came in and had a party and it was super nice. And then we see, uh, <laughs> the little elf, uh, Tootsie roll going next door to, to Ed big heads place. Um, and Ed of course is still mad because he's like, well, great. I wasn't even invited. Um, and the elf goes over and delivers the invitation that Rocco had sent to Ed. Um, and Ed's like, oh my gosh, he did invite me. This is so great. And it's kind of like the situation where you're clearly like, okay, well, Ed's going to have a change of heart and now he's going to love Christmas. And then, so he has this like, oh my gosh, that's so great. And then the elf just fucking crushes his knee with a hammer <gasps> as a fuck you for the rumor he spread. And then oh he goes, oh, uh, and then everything is good. Um, and then they leave. But I, I will Holy say, shit. then there's like a little cut to the elves um, at the end, like in the outro, where mm. the the Santa Claus that they were building that was made of steel um, is like raging, rampaging around town um, with this song that it's like, ho, 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 which I remember so much as a kid because it was such a, I, again, I just saw this episode so many times. So anyways, I just wanted yeah. to share that because... I thought it was a great episode, especially now watching it again. I was like, oh, I appreciate it a lot more for that. But like I said, this was just like a holiday staple in my household. So that's the end of that. I cannot tell you. Like, I want to say I watched this. It did not ring that many bells. And I am very disappointed in myself for that. I feel like I should have remembered this episode. And the bummer is you can't even, like, I bought, like, a bunch of collections of Rocco, like, like a year ago. Mm -hmm. But they... It, well, apparently I didn't get the right one of the right collections that would have this in it and now they're like we don't even sell them on Amazon because it's available on CBS All Access and I'm like I don't want to do that what though. the hell is CBS All Access I why does know. everything have a thing everybody has a thing that <gasps> has like four things you want on it just so you'll I'm, use their free trial and then cancel it immediately <laughs> I'm mentally preparing for the fact that in two weeks from today I lose the office from Netflix and I'm, I'm <sighs> not prepared for that but I'm mentally preparing I need to like cram <sighs> casino night like 12 times in a row um i'm gonna go back. so that's only on cbs all access yeah Shiza. well it's a bummer i guess i'll have to do some web sleuthing and see if i can find yeah, it i'll take a look yeah because mama went lisa watch. has a little more resources than me let's put it uh, that way. let's just say i like to borrow things from the internet in wah, a nice wah, very wah. legal way listen okay all right i'm up listen mm-hmm. listen I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna undo some of the Christmas spirit here for a second. Maybe oh, not. I don't know. You'll you'll understand. I'm gonna take you today on a journey through music, but not the type of music that's gonna make Andy want to jump off a bridge. Or at least I'm not. I'm not Aww. entirely sure. Um, I'm not entirely sure. But we'll 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 not judge until we'll the segment out. is over. Okay. Um, today, I'm talking about the one, the only. Mr. Lord of the Dance himself. Wow. <laughs> Michael Flatley and the whole river dance thing. Let's just let's just let's just take let's just sip this real quick. Do you do you ever expect to hear Irish jig music on on 90s court cuz here it is. That's all I want to hear of that I mean, forever. Like, it feels like it'd be a weird thing to just sit and idly listen to by yourself with no video along. Guess it. what, Andy? It's all I've been doing for two days straight is inundating my whole life and spirit and eyeballs and heart with okay. river dance. But I mean, like, did you ever consider doing literally anything else that would actually be enjoyable? 
no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> because well. nothing is enjoyable during pandemic times. Aww. But Riverdance, Riverdance, Riverdance. Listen, do you remember Riverdance? If you do not, let yeah. me clue you oh, in. Oh, you're talking to them. You, okay. Well, th- well th- I mean, but you remember it. Thank goodness. Yeah. If someone else who's listening does not. Well, first of all, that's what it sounds like. Riverdance is a theatrical Irish dance show put on by Michael Flatley. And, of course, he was not the only person who perform- performed on stage by any means, but... There was a whole crew, but he was clearly the HBIC, the head bitch Irish. Head boy in charge. Head bitch Irish Celtic guy. Nailed it. That nailed it. One, me one, flatly zero. Count it. Listen, if you remember anything about Riverdance, you probably remember that it is traditional Irish dancing, which consists of the bottom half of your body moving as if it is frantically trying to stop you from Mm -hmm. stepping on molten hot lava while the top half of your body remains as still as humanly possible so that the T-Rex does not see you. It's fair. I, I mean, it was, it, was, it was good that they had that ready for, for Jurassic Park times. Yes, they did. They were like 90... Well, I, well, I think... What was Jurassic Park? 95? Yeah, I believe Four? so. So, yeah, 95. This was 95, 96. So maybe that was it. They were like, gotta be real still up top, but the bottom half of our body... They saw the movie and they're joy. like, how are we gonna dance when there's T-Rexes around? And they're like, oh we'll figure gosh. this out. Uh, it's this is they figured it out thank you irish people um the rest of the 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 rest of the dance crew moved like that but mr lord of the dance flatly himself got to be a little bit more fluid as did the other solo dancers during their segments i suppose but like andy this is such a weird thing to think back to the 90s and be like this is what we were doing like this is something that we allowed into our tvs and and amphitheaters and stuff like this but like Riverdance hit the scene in 94, 95-ish when Flatley was invited to help make an intermission show for the 1994 Eurovision Song Contest. That's yeah, that, how this started. See, that checks out. Like, when you that said does. Eurovision, I'm like, that makes so much more sense. That's yes. I would have from. never put those things together until I read it. And I was like, there it is. That's the ticket. Um, so people went bananas for it. So much so that it ended up becoming a full-length production which turned into Riverdance. And go ahead. Yeah, I pulled up this thing that shows Riverdance, musical by Bill Whelan, um, that came out in 95. And I want to ask, um, when they say a musical, does that imply there's a story surrounding this? There's, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit, but okay. like, yes, yes, a little oh, bit. So, no. so I, I know, Andy. I know. My husband crashed out of sleep at like 7.30 last night, and I just took my laptop into the living room and watched Riverdance for like 45 minutes. And I was like, I'm not on anywhere near enough drugs to make this enjoyable. It's going to take a lot. Like, like I messaged my friend. I was like, if I were to want to take shrooms. Yeah, and I was going to say, you guys got any LSD? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to need to drop acid, at, which I've never done. Yeah, I know. I need to do it the first time and then watch Riverdance and be like, there it is. That's also it. Um, so listen, um, it got huge. Uh and, and apparently, like, there, it got huge. It sold out everywhere it was showing. And then there was, there was a thing they were about to open for the second night or, like, the second opening. Of, and it was, like, totally sold out. And there was this huge, like, debacle with Flatley uh, over salary and stuff like that. And they basically fired him the night before the show reopened. And he was like, Flat, Flatley must go on. And so he took his ass over and he was like, Lord of the Dance. And so he became Lord of the Dance. And, like, I would have never guessed there was so much drama in Irish dancing. But, alas, here we are. I was I didn't even connect the dots on that because like Lord of the Dance is not river, it's a different thing than Riverdance. Like I, I just, thought I thought that it was just in my head it was like Riverdance at the top of the pyramid and then like 
Lord of the Dance, and there were some other versions of it. And I was just like, these are all like subdivisions of this. And it's mm-hmm. like, kind of, but not. Basically, I it guess. was flatly, flatly just got boned. Well, not Flat- really boned. He probably was being a dick about it. So. I'm sure he was getting boned during the 90s, but that's a different discussion. No, um, Lisa. I'm sorry. Listen. It's too it's late a- for that joke. I can't. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's 7.49 p.m. Central Time. I'm it's so never tired. Too late for the- I am so tired. Um, Andy, Lord of the Dance began immediately selling out arenas. Andy, arenas filled right. like filled with people watching Irish dancing. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I watched an upsetting amount of Riverdance and Michael Flatley performances in preparation for this segment. And like, when I'm telling you, I am blown away at how big Irish dancing randomly got in the 90s. I'm speaking <laughs> the truth. It's like, well, how did this happen to us? I mean, we also had Zoot Suit Riot and Mambo number. I mean, there was like a lot, like I would say the 90s. Zoot Suit Riot rules. That's what I'm saying. There's like in the 90s, they just randomly like the 90s were like, we're we're good with just about any random th- bullshit that you want to bring back from from days gone by. Yes, it was a uh, um, like a smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. Life was just one beautiful mosaic of crap in the nineties. It was like, do you, like what was it when when the guys took over our show? Uh, took we're talking about crisscross. Yeah. Talking about wearing your jeans backwards. Why the hell not? It's nineteen ninety three. See what happens. Like fuck it, we got the internet, like the internet and stuff now, so we're good. Internet's coming. Um, In the meantime, we've got Yahoo Chat. Do you do you think <laughs> no. that like people like who watch these shows in these auditoriums were just like super like turned on? Like, did these turn into orgies, or was this just like they liked the show? I'm pretty sure there were river river dance like Lord of the Orgy. Orgy. Lord I know you're trying to get there. That works. I think I think Lorgy of the dance is sure. it. L apostrophe orgy. Um It's French Andy, for I the just, orgy. Like the orgy. <laughs> it's French for the orgy. Listen, I don't want to mince words, okay? I wanna be very honest in saying that I, I have a tremendous amount of appreciation for the talent and dedication it takes to become a professional Irish dancer, such as Michael Flatley did, but I really cannot see myself then, now, or any time in the future being like, I know what we need to do tonight. It's Friday night. Let's go listen to Celtic music and people clacking their feet for 73 minutes straight inside of an arena with thousands of other people. Like, even taking away the pandemic stuff right now, like, I can't see myself ever being like, that's that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm paying money for that to happen to me. Do, um, do you think like, anybody ever like started a conversation with like, I just went and saw Riverdance live and then got laid that night? I don't know if they probably got laid that night, but okay. someone probably bought them like <laughs> like a, a cup of tea. It seems like that's the proper response to, I just watched Riverdance. They're like, you need some Tylenol and a <laughs> cup of tea. Um, he flatly was like always in a headband. And like in some of the performances I saw, almost like a bolero jacket, which is like a really short jacket. And then of course, Andy, no shirt because why would you? Um, and and what I was gonna say to what you were saying about it being a performance, in many of the Riverdance performances I watched, it ended up feeling more like an Irish Cirque du Soleil, but with less upper body movement. So there was certainly like this performance thing going on in some some of the some of these. Uh, shows like it wasn't just Michael Flatley and because whenever he would come on he would go so hard and like that's an intense dance go back and watch it I was like I could do that narrator she can't and (laughs) and so you're thinking you can do it and he's like he's so winded that he doesn't just get like it's like flatly some kind of weird soft interlude 
then other people dancing and then flatly comes back and then he has to take two sets off and come back and two sets off and come back because it's like of course your heart rate was just like 212 beats per minute that guy's dead in the backstage for sure um and let's see he would also like stalk the stage like a like a fanciful tiger and also let us not be fooled everyone uh flatly according to wikipedia was raised in chicago I did That's just see that. Yeah, I did That's just see Dublin. that that he's from Chicago and he's still alive. I literally clicked it because I wanted to see if he died. He's alive. In fact, I think for the Wikipedia article was like he finally retired after being like my whole body is crushed. And I was like, yeah, it was. Um, but also, if you remember the Riverdance commercials, there were only like one or two, but it was always like he and this girl doing like this backwards you know foot shuffle situation. Yes. And then it was always like rush delivery available. It's like, bitch, what? Do not, I'm not spending $12 to rush deliver, someone did, but someone paid to have Riverdance rush deliver to them. So, so you see this commercial and you're like, I want to buy this, but not only do I want to buy this, I need this shit tomorrow. I need it, I need it prime. <laughs> They're like, it's 1996, what's prime? You're like, you'll find out. And until then, I need Riverdance in 36 hours or I'm going to die. There must have been there must have been flatly heads like all over the country, all over the world. People who were like there must I bet there's still people who are like secretly still obsessed with Flatley and have like posters of him. I wanna know if anyone has Michael Flatley tattooed on their body. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think about this as like why the fuck was Michael Flatley in Eurovision? Why not? Because this <laughs> This is so fanciful. So so at the time we were getting Spice Girls, we were also getting Flatley. It was a weird time to be a person. It's, I mean, it's so true because the 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 music was so fucking eclectic in that time. Because like, yes, I'm listening to like you know, grunge rock or like alternative or something like that, and then other people are listening to new hip hop. Right. Other people are listening to fucking Celine Dion. Like, there's just all these different groups that are out there. Whitney Houston, you know, Mariah Carey, all that shit. So. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's Riverdance. I really it just it dawned on me this week and it was something that was like, I can't believe I forgot about this. We're all talking about this. I'm subjecting all of you, all like 27 of you <laughs> to, to Riverdance. Yeah, so, I'm uh, sorry. That's my sorry thing. to break the news, guys. I know you the last brains brain, <laughs> the last brain cell that did contain Riverdance information in your brain f- had just faded away and we brought it back. So we are it's so back. sorry. But that's my thing. That's Riverdance. I really wanted to touch on that. And uh, that's awesome. that. So that's super yeah. surprising. I just hadn't even thought of that in so long. So that's great. Um, that's the whole point of this show, man. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead. Uh, take a quick break here. We'll come back with the poll results from uh, this actual this last week, the Secret Santa episode, uh, Dances with Wolves versus Waterworld. And then we'll get to the court case. All right. Sounds good. It's Lisa. I'm bringing us back from the break. Hi. I just did a huge bump of coke, so I'm just got fucking energy for days now. So I tried river dance. She tried river dance. I tried recreational (laughs) drugs. Like I know it's weird that I would have suddenly had access to them so quickly, but you guys don't know how long we were on break. Maybe it was like four hours, and I drove to Chicago. This could be the next day. You don't know how we're doing. Don't judge our life. We don't judge our life. No one's judging anybody. I know. Um, Listen, we not we. The other guest host yes. of, um, oh, shoot. Oh, gosh. I've Our had just another one. Exploration Thank you. Uh-huh. All I could think of was Black K-Stars. I was like, that wasn't them. Yeah. That wasn't them. 
and exploration. And I'll also give a shout out to them too because these are the two. These are the two guys. Um, I'm sorry, one of them uh, that was the one who kind of put this whole thing together. Yes, mm-hmm. us like several months ago, like in September or something like that. Um, if we'd be interested, and then like completely forgot about it until like November. Started talking <laughs> about it again, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" Such a cool and, idea. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, I was just so glad everybody kind of bought into it and, and, and did it. And then, like, you know, we only had 10 shows. So we, we had to do 12 days. So we, you know, just, I, we decided, okay, let's do a and d thing, which I really was planning on being on. And then, like, just things got really busy. And I was like, I can't, I can't commit to that. So I see. Um, I see. So uh, poll results, though. Uh, so last week, as you may recall, uh, they covered Dances with Wolves versus Waterworld. And mm. the polls were different, but I will say this: is a, it was very close. Uh, so this was kind of the uh, the Kostner off, um, which sounds Russian, but it's not. It's just saying Kostner, Kostner versus <laughs> Kostner versus Kostner. Yeah. Um, so as far as the polls, so on Twitter, uh, kind of a little bit of a lashing from Waterworld. So Waterworld won sixty four percent to thirty six percent. Okay. Um, in favor of them, Instagram. Waterworld came out, squeaked off a win at 53% to 47%. And Facebook, just to fuck with things, decided to make it 58% to 42% Dances with Wolves. Jeez. Which in turn makes me do math, and I hate math. Mm. Um, See, I love this shit. I love math. You should have just handed this to me. Yeah, I I probably should have, but I just took took it on myself. So we totaled up all the votes and put them together. And uh, Waterworld still came out on top, but it was pretty close. It was 53% to 46.7%. We've actually had a couple of the, a few of these recently with uh, having to come down to the actual numbers and to- tally them out and everything like that. So, I see. Um, so it means we're doing a good job of picking cases. Um, this, That's true. This I think time they did a great job. Yeah, picking. they did a great I job. I mean, wow. When, they, when I saw it roll out, I was just like, this is brilliant. I cannot wait to listen to this episode. What's and... wild to me, I literally didn't know either of these movies was in the <gasps> night. Like, I mean, I didn't know for sure they were in the 90s. Okay. Like, well, Dances with Wolves was like what? It was 90 on the dot. 90? 90, And yeah, then I, I think say, Waterworld was yeah. like 96, which I just was like, it just felt so 80s to me. Like, yeah. as far as, like, the film. So it just was weird um, in that regard. But I also didn't see it until, like the late tw- 2000s um so so it you know it's a little harder to know at that point but i just also don't put a lot of thought into water world so don't at me about how how could you not know <laughs> well now you know that yeah. you should have known yes. but um so, man they did a great job i was yeah. really impressed i think they did too good of a job on i show. know showing us and, up. um yeah i think that we're gonna have to up our game mm-hmm. anthony no, we're not going. Did you call me Anthony? Andrew. Andrew. I called you Anthony, but I knew it was Andrew. It's like, hey, listen, sometimes Those you got to say words. Names. Anthony, yeah, Anthony is the long version of Andy and Andrew. Uh, listen, guys, um, it's Christmas season coming up here, holiday season, whatever you believe. That's great. But, you know, we're going to hear talking about some extremely secular <laughs> versions yeah. of Christmas. Yes. Um, one of them is literally the most commercialized shit ever, and mm-hmm. the other one uh, is a pun. So... Something just came across my desk. Ba-da-bump, Oh, oh, oh. Merry Christmas. So, Hi. yeah. So, this week we're going to be tackling two 90s Christmas classics. Um, and I'm sure Lisa will reiterate those same sentiments. Uh, mm. Jingle All the Way mm. versus The Santa Claus. With an E at the end. Because jokes. Why not? Because puns, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna. 
I'm not gonna let my kids watch Jingle all the way because I don't I don't want to rot their brains out. But I think the Santa Claus after I hear your court case because I, I know yeah. I've seen both. I don't remember the Santa Claus like, very well. <laughs> Once you bring it back to me, I'll be like, okay, this is good. I will say that yeah, like the Santa Claus, like the the Santa Claus is just like actually like a, a, a kind of a classic. Like the Jingle all the way for me, like I love it, but like I understand it is not for everyone. So nope, nope, it nope. is not. So with that, I'm going to go first, as mm-hmm. if you weren't tired of hearing me talk about from the first part. Now you give me again, jingle all the way. Listen, guys, I'm going to talk about a movie that some people really love, like Andy just said, but like, guys, I'm sorry, I got to say, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Right off the bat, I'm going to come out swinging. Suck Zone, the drink, but as a movie. Mm-hmm. There it is. I mean... Okay, I just looked at... Here's the thing, Lisa. Sometimes you don't check Rotten Tomatoes scores before you propose a thing. No. I ha- I really thought this had like a 56% or something like that no. on Rotten Tomatoes. No, it does sir. It does not. So what I'll is it? You, it's I, what was fi- it? It's 15%. Yeah, it is because this movie sucks eggs, Andy. Yeah. That means like 1.5 people out of 10, like one person and like a, a dying... Uh, a dying uh, lower half of a body. It's Love like this I, I, I feel like I remember thinking more fondly about the movie than I did coming back to it. But like honestly, it should have been called Shitty All the Way because that's what it was. Mm. Shitty acting, mm-hmm. shitty plot, shitty everything. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie came out in November 96, just in time for the holidays, of course. And it is a painful 89 minutes long <laughs> and features Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Phil Hartman. Big heart. Big Aww, heart for Phil, Phil. Hartman. Yeah, Rita Wilson and Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd being uh, Jack recognized him immediately. He was the uh, in some Star Wars stuff. Okay, let yes. me. I'll take a look here in a little bit. You'll do that thing. I don't. Here's the thing. I still haven't seen Star Wars, and I'm not going to start now. So I'm just going to take mm-hmm. his word for it, and mm-hmm. that's what I heard. So the premise of the film is pretty simple. Arnold Schwarzenegger's character Harold is a successful mattress salesman. Which I'm sorry, that's not a thing. Wait, hold on. Right off the bat, are you saying like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a successful? Mattress salesman. A successful mattress salesman is not a thing. Not in the 90s, not in the 2000s, not in the future, and not in the past. Yeah. Mattresses just are sold. You're not like a raging... Because when they open up the, the show, he's like... Or the movie, he's like on the phone. Boom, 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 constantly. You're my number one customer. You're my, that's my Arnold. I'm fucking uh, slaying it with these mattresses. I, yeah, I it's can't, just like... I, could, I can't do an Arnold voice, but I can do like a weird like... Kind of gangster voice. <laughs> yeah, Yas Queen, Queen Mattress. That is Yas Queen. That's the stupidest thing I've ever said. Um, that's not mattress salespeople. It's not a thing. But anyway, he aside from being like the number one mattress salesman in the universe, he's also a husband and a father. And guess what? Just like every other '90s movie that there ever was that had a father in it, he's too involved in his job and other shit to make it any is kind so... of personal event for his son Jamie. I don't remember what episode it was that I I mentioned that trope like. Every fuck that it's like every fucking time it's like oh yeah it was the um hook one when we were talking about yes. how it's oh it's the busy dad that just doesn't have enough time for magic and kids yeah um, guess what <laughs> it's it's every if you were a dad in the nineties you sucked it, on TV you sucked on movies you sucked you were just doomed to fail and that's exactly wow. what this was about and so right off the bat in the movie Harold misses his son Jamie's uh, karate class graduation and the but- son is like my dad sucks. The dumbest shit that like that they're like trying to make you feel like, oh man, oh Arnold, how could you? Like, you're like I understand it mattered for it the kids. It wasn't even like, black belt. It was like per- like like green belt. It wasn't anything exciting. It was like okay, you got a belt. 
I got them too. Yeah. It's fine. It's like I graduated sophomore year. Congratulations. Congrats. Yeah. So so this is where we also learn at this karate class graduation thing that Phil Hartman's character, Ted, is a divorcee sleazeball mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. who is is like hitting on all the neighborhood women but mostly importantly has his eye I on forgot about that. yes he has his eye on liz harold's wife played by what's her name rita wilson yeah um isn't rita wilson it's, it's, it's tom, uh, hanks? tom hanks's wife yeah why thank you and so um so yeah that's what he's doing but like to but to, to make up for it harold's like i'm gonna i'm gonna get like like harold Arnold Schwarzenegger's character misses this karate thing. He's like, I'm going to get Jamie. I'm going to get Jamie the one thing that he wants for Christmas. That's horrible man doll. Is that a good Schwarzenegger accent? That's actually pretty good. And I just just confirmed that Jake Lloyd, that is uh, the small child who played Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Episode One. Boom. Um, Thank you. So now you know. The more you know, star NBC thing. Um, so Harold was supposed to get this Turbo Man doll for Jamie weeks ago, but he didn't because he's been slanging queen mattresses all over. Sure. What was it, Minneapolis? I think he was in. And it's like so now Fuck, it's Christmas I don't Eve. Know. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Toy. Yeah, it was Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay. This this is Christmas Eve, the hottest toy of the year. Guess what, loser? You don't get it. Okay, so he's like the toy sold out everywhere, and the rest of the movie is just Harold psychotically checking out every single store in Minneapolis for this stupid ass doll. Okay, but it is Turbo Man. <laughs> Listen, and like this is this is where it hits hard. As both a child and a parent, okay? Because as a child, you want this one stupid gift that you know is, like, the hottest thing. And therefore, you want it even more. Just And, like, you want it extra hard because you know how hard it is to get it. And you're going to mm-hmm. be devastated. It, like, like deep traumatic scars if you don't get this thing. Like, this year, sorry, children who aren't going to get the PlayStation 5 under the tree. Yeah. Daddy don't got $2,200. Fucking intentional scarcity just is the, like that's it's, it's such it's a it was, i mean obviously it's such a nintendo thing but like yeah now other companies doing it too but yeah, yeah fucking like that was this is just like an n64 back in the 90s as well yeah and so that th- there's that but then as a parent you also know the absolute agony of going through the hunt for this one present and then being upset about how much it costs and how much you're willing mm-hmm. to pay for it because it's just such a hot item and like you don't want to disappoint your children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we encounter Sinbad. I believe his character's name was Myron on this journey. Yeah. And he's also on the hunt for Turbo Man. And so he and Harold are just going back and forth throughout Minneapolis constantly, you know, Every single store that Harold goes to, Sinbad's there. He's just Sinbad in this movie to me. Yeah. And so... I didn't even <laughs> think about what his character name was. I was just like, oh, Sinbad's in it's this just movie. Sinbad. It's just Sinbad. It's just... He's like a disgruntled mailman. He's like, I want one too. It's like, okay, Sinbad yeah. versus Harold, I guess. So there were a lot of this movie was just them going back and forth on this and there was there was a lot to that but let's just let's just do some highlights real just okay. real quick for this. Harold um, in the hunt for this Turbo Man. His name is Howard, I will note. Why did I write Harold so many times? I don't know, because it was a mixture of Howard and Arnold. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to do Howard now. Damn it. Well, I'm going to call. You know what? I'm just going for Harold. Yeah, go for it. Oh, fucking Harold. Harold. Forget it. He's, he's a Harold to me. That is hilarious. You guys are on that personal level, so you guys we're can on, you, can, you know him as Harold. Har- he's Harnold. Harnold to me. Um, Harnold backs into a police motorcycle and gets a ticket for it, okay? Oh, beans. And then, yeah, and then he's chasing... He's like at this Mall of America store and he's chasing a bouncing ball um, that was part of like a raffle for a turbo man. I think this one store got like a very small shipment of them. Yeah. And so the ball then goes into like it bounces off the floor. He's on like one of the top floors. It bounces and bounces away from him. It lands in the lap of a small girl who's in a stroller down below. 
and and they're at the mall and she's like she like takes it as her she's like oh i got a ball and he chases this little girl down into a ball pit and then like the mom starts slapping him with purses and umbrellas and shit being like yeah. you're a pervert you're a pervert it's like yeah hell yeah um and then he also gets involved in some kind of weird counterfeit santa ring where he ends up buying a spanish-speaking broken-ass yes. turbo man doll um, and then it ends up being like a Santa brawl and all it ends up in like an FBI raid of the warehouse. This was one of the most random, confusing, like, why did, like, why did this just happen? <laughs> why did, why did the thing that just happened happen? Why? That's yeah. what I felt watching this whole movie. Man, it's it, just it felt, so many things. It just, yeah, poor Arnold. He did the best that he could. And so recognizing his failure, Arnold calls home to tell Liz what's going on. But his son, Jamie, answers the phone and he starts getting on his case about like saying that he was supposed to be there for this parade happening in the neighborhood. And Arnold just yells at him and he feels awful. And Jamie's like, you never keep your promises. You're a piece of shit, dad. Oh. Um, and it's like, oof, Arnold feels sad. That's how he says. That's how he says it. It's just. Um, he fucking sells so many mattresses. Like, I can't believe he couldn't find a way to get it. He couldn't do it, man. Or All the those fact mattresses? that he is literally, like, the, like so fucking strong. <laughs> yes, you're so strong and you make a bajillion dollars with your mattress thing, but you couldn't do this. But also, like, Liz, listen, I'm not victim-blaming Liz, but, like, mm. you should have seen your husband and been like, there's no way he's going to do this right. You should always have a contingency <laughs> plan. Be like, I just have a second Turbo Man doll in case he fails. Uh, you know, getting Especially, the first one. Yeah, there's there seems to be like a common thread of like uh like the super responsible parent like giving a a second chance on an extremely important thing to the yes. less responsible one. And you're like, could you have like done this test run maybe on something that wasn't so devastating if it didn't so work out? So important on a holiday, Christmas, cool Liz, cool cool trial. Mm-hmm. He failed. So. There's a scene where he and Sinbad are are doing this like lame ass half attempt to get to a radio station um, that they heard was like giving it away. Um, I feel like my notes got screwed up here, but maybe. Oh, no, no, no I did. I'm sorry. The, before that, he and Sinbad are at a diner and Sinbad's telling him that he like resented his father for for not getting him this one toy that he wanted for Christmas as a kid. So he was like. This is it. I'm going to make it happen. And this is when, while they're at the diner, they hear that this radio station is giving away a Turbo Man doll, but they don't hear all the way that it's just for gift certificates. So they show up. They, like, half-ass race each other to this radio station and begin threatening the DJ, but don't realize until they've, like, threatened his life that he just has a gift certificate (laughs) and not the Turbo Man doll itself. And then cops come and Sinbad threatens the DJ and, and the cops with, like, a fake mail bomb and then later the cops take it and like they accidentally blow up the radio station with a proper fake or a proper mail bomb. This is all confusing. What? Where did the where did the real mail bomb come from? Because Sinbad was a mail carrier. In oh, the so movie. he just gave one as a joke, but it turned out it really was a mail bomb. Correct. And this was like a weird. <laughs> this was like a weird side conversation where they were like, "Yeah, man, people are just sending bombs in the mail." It's like you can't bring up the Unabomber in a Christmas movie, Sinbad. <laughs> but they did. I guess I, people really did like sending mail bombs in the 90s. It's true. It's like, it's just... It was hot. Yeah, there was like the most random, like, weird terrorism things, you know, in the 90s that were just like so strange. Like, I just... Not in the 90s necessarily, but just every... Like, all the time in the past. Like, that fucking Tylenol scare and everything. Just like the weirdest Oh, yeah. And shit. did you... Okay, can I just bring up one random yeah. thing? Did you ever hear about the story, or did I make this up, about someone, like, putting, like, a needle in a theater seat and... It, 
No. And, and so I swear that like maybe it was just a Texas thing or something, but I swear someone was like, someone got infected with HIV by a needle in a theater seat. And I was like, I'm never going to the movies again, I That's guess. That's the most insane thing. I'm telling you to this day, I still like lightly rub my hand over the top of the seat before I sit down at right. the theater. Thanks, 90s. You ruined my brain. You broke so, my brain. You broke me. Uh, so this whole movie is just random. And Andy, like, I, I really struggled with this because mm-hmm. shortly after this, Arnold comes back to his car. It's been stripped in front of the diner, completely destroyed and gutted. They wrote, like, Merry Xmas on it or something. So he has to get it towed back to the house. And that's where he finds his neighbor, Ted, Phil Hartman, making some serious moves on his wife, Liz. And he decides, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, Ted. I'm going to take your turbo, man. And he gets it from under- he like he got it for his son and he goes and steals it from underneath this tree but that okay this is <sighs> hear me out he steals it from underneath ted's tree but then he encounters a reindeer a reindeer andy that chases mm-hmm. him into ted's house wrecks the house and then catches it on fire and then well, shortly thereafter Her- harold howard punches <laughs> the reindeer in the face. I love that so Why? much. Why? Because, Why? I mean, you remember where it came from, right? Because fucking What's-His-Nuts was like that uh, Hartman was like a huge Christmas fanatic and had all this super cheesy, dumb, creepy stuff yes. in his place. And so yes. he actually had a reindeer, I believe, on his property. Yes. And oh, that's right. He had it for the parade. And I think yeah. there was a weird moment where like Ted's son was like, your parents should get a divorce or something like that. I was like, this, that's fucked up. Yeah, this this Christmas movie is so weird, and so especially like Phil Hartman in this thing. Like, I'm I've seen Phil Hartman in a lot of things. I have never seen him in this kind of a creepy role before, and it was so yeah. weird. Absolutely, it was. He did a good job, though. He he did, and so, yeah. um, so shortly after that happens, oh, late, later on, this reindeer and Arnold are also sitting around, and he's giving the reindeer beer. Yes. And the reindeer lifts its face and burps. It's like, I'm done. I'm 110% done with this movie, but I have to finish it. And guess what, Lisa? There's like 38 minutes left. <laughs> like, oh, no. So so at this point, Harold's, uh, Harold's kid, Howard, Arnold's kid, Jamie, and Liz go to the parade with single old Ted and his son where Ted tries to put some super big moves on Liz and she's like, no eggnog. And she like eggnogs him in the head with a thermos. And he Mm. was like, wow, that sucks. And then Arnold gets mixed up in the parade. and ends up being mistaken as the guy who was supposed to be turbo man. But like on the official float, he was like, yeah, okay. And he just goes with it. He's just getting Um, grabbed. I think as I recall, he's getting like grabbed and like they're putting all this shit on him and he doesn't have any idea what's going on. He's like, wait, no, but they just like, keep like, we got to go now. And How could any adult man, especially someone like the best Arnold Schwarzenegger master salesman in the world, be like, this is happening at me. I'm okay with it. This is fine. This is fine. This is more. Mine is more of a Werner This is like yours sound. is. You have a better. You have a better Arnold Schwarzenegger than me. I, will give I you that. don't. Don't worry. With a little bit more wine in me, it's all. I can, make, I can yeah. make it worse. I can make it worse. I can always make this worse. And so. He gets to, as he's Turbo Man on the float, he gets to select a a child in the audience to get this special edition Turbo Man. Ta-da! And, of course, on the parade float, he sees Jamie. He's like, oh, hell yes. And he picks him. And and Jamie runs up and he gets it. And then Sinbad is now the Dementor, who's the guy. He's like his arch enemy. And I don't know where he got fitted in this. Yeah, I was going to say, how did he get that? They don't explain any of this. Andy! 
this movie <gasps> broke my brain. It and broke so my brain. they ended up fighting and like, I don't understand what's happening. He demands the doll from Jamie and Arnold gets to defend Jamie as Turbo Man against the Dementor Sinbad. And it ends up in some kind of like parade melee where everyone's fighting. And then like this, this whole scene goes on way too long. Harold gets to use a jetpack in this whole scene, mm-hmm. and then he falls back to Earth, and he saves Jamie. And then in the end, Jamie gives Turbo Man to Sinbad, and I'm, he's because Jamie's like, "I got Turbo Man at home. It's my dad." That's Jingle All the Way. I I feel so that ending line was actually kind of cute and adorable. He's like, because it's sweet because he gives it to Sinbad because honestly, like Sinbad's kind of a dick in this movie, but like yes, it was he was doing it with good intentions, you know, of just wanting to hook up his his daughter or whoever it was. But, yeah, then, like, being like, I've got the real Turbo Man at home. Uh. As opposed to the way you said it, which is like, I got the real Turbo Man at home. <laughs> I will say this. I lo- I mentioned on Twitter, like, before this, be you know, irrelevant mm-hmm. of this episode, that, like, th- I, th- I couldn't remember if I actually liked this movie or if I just thought that, like, the scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger had the fucking badass turbo man costume that actually like shot discs and shit like that out of it and had a mm-hmm. jetpack <gasps> was the raddest thing ever and other people were like no it's a great movie so i was like okay well, um but I, I remember liking it but i'm also a, a a dumb boy who loves toys when i was watching this probably yes and and, and looking back on it it really is just about like work as hard as you can to get your kid the one ass toy that they want and then and like they'll hate you if you don't i mean i know that the other part of this was like you're never there for me dad comma all dads and so <laughs> i get it but eh, i i give it i honestly one out of 10 stars i'm sorry i'd rather watch like human centipede for christmas than I mean, watch that again or something. honestly you're not too far off from from the uh rotten tomatoes i mean you only Correct. gave it 0.5 less st- uh stars so yeah i mean i i enjoyed it i thought it was fu- i mean i thought it was interesting and funny but i didn't get to rewatch it because for whatever mm. reason this was just not in a free place to watch it so um but yeah, I, just looking at all these different random characters and everything like that on here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to play this. Turbo guy. Turbo man. The Turbo Man doll. Turbo Man doll. It's Turbo time. Turbo man. Yeah, Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> turbo time. Turbo. That's enough. That's basically what the movie was for eight, the was it 89 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Tur- yeah. Turbo Man. Turbo, turbo Man time. All right. Well, anyway, hey, that's thank my you. Case. Thank you for <laughs> jingle all the way. Um, it is funny because like this is normally a situation where I would have covered Jingle all the way, except I just had watched the Santa Claus for fun, anyways. So I was like, fine, I'll just do the Santa Claus since I already watched it. Because um, yeah. I'm usually the one who watches the bad movie that I'm enthusiastic about. Yeah. Um, so the Santa Claus, um, starring, and also the fact that the Santa Claus stars Tim Allen, and I think Tim Allen's a dick, anyways. Yeah. Um, I here's the thing. I say that a lot. I have no basis for that whatsoever, except other people have said that. So I really don't know enough to say anything about that. So my apologies. The Santa Claus with an E at the end mm-hmm. um, is a film where, let's see, it came out in 1994, November 11th. Uh, so they gave him a little bit of time before Christmas so people could get their money's worth. Uh, directed by John Pasquin, um, okay. st- starting, starring Tim Allen. Budget of 22 mil. Box office of one ninety point five mil. I will notice I did uh I did look at the jingle all the way thing. It had a pretty good box office. I think it was like one twenty nine or something like that. But the budget okay. was like seventy five million, which is so much for that movie. 
It was all of it was for the horrible jetpack scene. Yeah. All of it. And like the weird explosion of the radio station. Yeah. They just I had, guess. It's just funny to think of like how much they spent on certain special effects before like all the CGI and shit came around. Um, so this is a movie where Tim Allen plays Scott Calvin, who is a really big deal uh, marketing slash sales baller at a toy company. Um, he's divorced and he's kind of a dick. Um, he's again, oh my God, the exact same trope. Uh, dad who <laughs> spends too much time with work and isn't very responsible um, and is divorced and his uh, son Charlie, uh, Eric Lloyd, uh, he loves a lot and shares custody with his ex-wife Laura Miller who is played by Wendy Crewson. I don't know who that okay. really is. And her new <laughs> husband, Dr. Neil Miller played by Judge Reinhold which I know who Judge Reinhold is because he's been in multiple things but also like forever ago my little brother has been in a movie before just so you know uh your little brother my little brother jonathan played uh, a character that actually had a line he was like one of the only kids that was like credited with a name because he had a line in the movie um as like a bully at this school that was this whole film was shot in monticello illinois which is a town of like five thousand people just some really rich guy in the area just was like i need to make a movie and like judge reinhold and uh another uh, Ed Asner were both in it. <laughs> so, but wow. from my understanding, the movie was awful, but he was in it. So he is literally on IMDb. IMDb. Unreal. <laughs> I want to be on IMDb. Anyways, that was a long story about that, but it's just funny. Like, cause that was so long ago. I hardly even think about it, but, um, so it's pretty clear that Charlie prefers thing with his mom and father-in-law, Neil, of course, the classic trope of, uh, tr- of, you know, the husband, the former husband, Tim Allen hates, uh, the new husband, judge Reinhold, um, and they're total dicks to each other. Uh, so Tim Allen ends up getting him in for the for Christmas Eve and for Christmas morning as well. And whoops, he done goofed. He burnt that turkey because that's just what men do in movies. Yes. So they go to Denny's because it's the only place that's open on Christmas <laughs> in the area. So they go there and there's apparently a uh, an entire section of the restaurant just for dads who burnt the turkey. <laughs> Of course. It's not specified, but you just see all these different dads with their kids, and it's clear that they all did the same thing. No, but I want, I want like, a table for, for the burnt turkey section. That's what I want. Yeah, and I just... I want that. <clears throat> I don't know how many how many people are preparing full turkeys for a meal of, of him and a child, um, mm. and along with all these other sides. I mean, he still had all these sides and shit. I'm like, that's enough to feed you guys. Like, you don't have to go to Denny's. Cool it. Um, so, they go back home, go to bed. They're like, all right, fine. So... He reads the story, um, Twas the Night Before Christmas, um, and there's a part of the, like, it arose such a clatter, and I remember Charlie asks about, like, what, like, what about a ladder? And he's like, he said, a clatter. And so, then it's late at night, and they're sleeping, and Charlie wakes up to the sound of something on the roof, uh, stomping around, he's like, he's like, Dad, arose such a clatter. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then he hears the thumping on, the, and he's like, Charlie, get in bed. It's like it's like if if I'm I'm gonna go outside and check it out and if I tell you to you got to call nine one one, so he goes outside and just sees somebody on the roof in a Santa costume and just says, "Hey," and that was all it took apparently for the Santa Claus to stumble, fall down the roof and then on the ground that was probably maybe like I don't know like ten feet, six hundred feet, like ten feet down maybe like maybe like fifteen foot drop, and he okay. just he just died <laughs> on a wow. landing in snow too. Um, so apparently this is, uh, so he just murdered Santa Claus. Um, Very but of course, cool. but of course, you know, it's been co- talked about before Tim Allen, um, 
doesn't really believe in Santa Claus, but he's pretending like he does for his son. Um, so basically he's like, this isn't real, any of it, despite literally seeing Santa dead on the ground <laughs> and then his body magically disappear. Um, and then there's eight reindeer on the roof with a sleigh. And he's like, no, nah, this is just, no, nah, this is all fake. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the, since the thing disappeared, he sees the suit lying there in the grass and there's a business card on top of it. And he picks it up and it says, whoever finds this has to pick, put on the suit and finish Santa Claus duties uh, and to trust the reindeer because they'll know what to do. Wow. So his son keeps begging him and to, to do it and put it on. And he's like, fine, fuck. And so he does. And <laughs> uh, and so he ends up getting in the sleigh. Uh, the, the reindeer hook him up and they're going all around the world. Uh, apparently they have some time to- type of time distortion thing where they can hit all the houses. Um, so then cue angry Tim Allen giving presents to kids and occasionally kids would wake up and he'd be a dick to them and everything like that. Are you serious? Like, oh, oh, I, can't, I still can't do it. Oh, oh, oh. Does he do the I like Tim hearing Allen it. Friend? I want to hear you keep doing it though. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. I want somebody to fucking isolate that as a ringtone. Oh, oh, shit. As a ringtone. What is it, 2002? Yes, as a ringtone. You know what a ringback tone. I did hear the ringback tones are officially gone now. Um, So. So he's like, fuck, I'll give him to him because I don't want kids to all be sad. So he's with his son, Charlie, who's going around, who's like, fuck, yes. And so he's delivering all these presents. And apparently, like, he goes down. It gives the lore of also, like, how Santa Claus gets there in a modern uh, way of the fact that there's, like, what about houses with no chimneys? And basically, these chimneys will just appear out of nowhere. He goes down and then, like, inside the house, like, an opening opens up like a huge chimney. He walks out of it and gives the presents. Um, so he finally tells the reindeer it's time to go home. And so they go to the North Pole and he's like, well, that's not what I meant, but cool. <laughs> um, so he gets, he gets there and immediately is getting bitch slapped by David Crumholtz, who plays, uh, an elf named Bernard, who's kind of like the head, head bitch in charge at the, that's, I, that's the thing you said earlier. That's HBIC. Yes. I'm sorry. But he's, uh, I, I, do you know David Crumholtz? He's been in a lot I'm of stuff. I'm looking it up right now. I'm he's also in the show it. Numbers that I used to watch forever ago. He was like the main character in that, but he's, he's a pretty good oh, actor. Oh, this guy. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, he's in so many random things. I've always loved this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he learns that by putting the suit on and not reading the absurdly fine print on the business card that was there, um, which had the Santa Claus, the clause for mm-hmm. Santa, um, he's now Santa forever. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. Uh, oops, all Santa. Um, and so he then suddenly wakes up and he's back in his bed. And so is Charlie. So he's like, whoa, whew, that wasn't real. And then he looks down and realizes he's wearing the exact same embroidered pajama pants or pajama suit that was given to him at the North Pole. So basically the entire day, the entire year from that point, because he knows like he was told, you know, in, in a year or whatever, you got to come back um, to do the whole Santa Claus thing. But for now, um, you can kind of stay home. And uh, okay. but we will be sending the naughty and nice list that you'll have to review as well. So basically, it's an entire year uh, montage of like San- of him getting fatter, um, doing a bunch of funny things like trying to lose weight. Um, he literally just only eats sweets now, like cookies and like desserts and shit like that, and drinks sounds hot cocoa amazing. and milk all the time. Shit, that yeah. sounds I mean, good. if that didn't kill you, that would be amazing if that was like you could eat that constantly and still enjoy it the entire time. Yes. <laughs> Especially if you knew that you were going to get fat no matter what, and that was fine. Um, so, like, but he'd never lose any weight. He kept growing this thick white beard and he kept trying to shave it, but it would grow back immediately. Um, he even tried to dye it and it would just start 
just all of a sudden would turn white again. How was um, the CG on that? Um, it was fine. I don't recall exactly on the details of that, but I, I remember, um, I didn't really pay t- close attention, but I didn't think it was too bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, for 90, you know, for 94. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, for 94. Um, yeah. So eventually he looks exactly like Santa Claus. In fact, he's in, he's in public areas and fucking kids just look at this guy in street clothes um, who just looks like Santa and just go and sit on his lap. Okay. Like he's sitting at this soccer game one time and there's like a whole fucking line of kids uh, that are just like waiting to, to sit on his lap to tell him what they want for Christmas. And he's just yeah. like, I'm just trying to watch this game that my kid's playing. Um, so he finally accepts that he's Santa Claus and it's pretty rad. Um, and he gets this huge naughty, naughty and nice list fact. FedEx to him, um, which is kind of like, wow, look at how big it is. And then they exit that scene and never, never address it again. Uh, so at some point, I'll mention this because I don't remember exactly when this happened in the stream of events. At some mm-hmm. point in a random conversation, Laura and Neil Miller, the ex-wife and the new husband, um, mentioned that they, like the time that they stopped believing in Santa Claus. Um, it was super young, apparently. And uh, the Dr. Neil, um, he had asked for a weenie whistle. And he didn't get it, and uh, and she had oh, asked for oh, a weenie whistle. Yeah, it's a little like it looks like an Oscar Mayer weenie, and it's got a, it's just a little tiny whistle. Okay. And okay. Laura had asked for a mystery uh, mystery date game, um, and they were both crushed when they didn't get it. So let's see. So apparently they start being like, okay, so fucking Tim Allen's looking like Santa Claus all the time, and he's doing this shit. And apparently Charlie thinks he's Santa Claus, and they're like, we can't fucking even with this guy. Like, he, he's <laughs> clearly trying to trick Charlie into thinking he's Santa Claus. He's like, no, I'm literally not. Like, I am He's like, I am literally trying to get him to not say anything about that. Uh, he's like, and they just, and he's like, I'm trying to shave. I'm trying to lose weight. And none of it's working. Like, I'm not meaning to do this. But so they sue for full custody. And then the judge is like, man, fuck this guy. And so they give him full custody, which is super cool. Uh, super escalated neat. super quickly. They're like, you're dressing like Santa Claus and our son's confused. <laughs> you're a bad guy. So at some point they have Scott over to their house for dinner so he can meet with, you know, to meet with the kid and, and you know, hang out with them, which is always lovely. Um, so he asks for if he can speak alone with Charlie for a moment. They go to talk to him and then suddenly Bernard the elf shows up magically. He's like, listen up, motherfucker, we got to go. And then he just bamps them all to the North Pole. <laughs> and so mom and stepdad are like, fuck. He just kidnapped our son. And so they call the cops on Scott because they assume he kidnapped him, uh, which is a cool first assumption. So yes. Scott, <laughs> Scott and Charlie are on, their, are on their Christmas grind again, eating presents from house to house when they decide to go to Charlie's mom and, da- and stepdad's house, um, despite knowing that like they were just there a little bit ago um, to deliver presents there. And, of course, the cops are there waiting to arrest him. Whoops. Oops. Um Weird sequence where these cyberpunk elves show up on jetpacks. Uh, cyberpunk elves. I, I don't think that's actually what they're called. I just like that terminology because they're just so weirdly futuristic and weird. Um, they up. show up and they just apparently they're like, oh, fuck, Santa's missing. And then they go to jail and they bust him out of there. Uh, and so then he goes back to the mom's house once he's broken out of jail, which is weird to go immediately back to the place where you were arrested. <laughs> Like, just dabbing and, like, dab, dab, dab. Like, look at me, bitches. I got out. Um, 
And so he convinces them essentially that he's actually Santa by showing them some magic shit. Um, and then before he leaves, after they realize he is actually Santa, um, he gives them each a present. Um, and as he's getting ready to leave, um, they actually open up both of the presents and it's a weenie whistle and a mystery date game, despite the fact that Tim Allen was not present whenever that conversation was happening. So, um, so it was a super sweet thing that he finally got their gifts that they wanted as a kid that made them stop believing. Okay. So they decide they're going to burn the custody papers and they're like, Hey, you know what? We're all good. And for some reason, just like in two seconds, they're all super chill with each other and they like each other. Um, Mm -hmm. so he tells Charlie he needs to stay back, but to, to rub this, uh, to shake the snow globe, if he ever wants to have his uh, dad come back. And so he ends up shaking the snow globe like 10 minutes after he leaves and his dad (laughs) comes back. He's like, dude, like you gotta, you can't fucking do that. And so the parents are like, just go with him. It's fine. And so he gets in this lay and finishes the whole trip with them. So, um, that's the end of the movie. That sounds kind of dreamy. Yeah. Side note. I asked this I asked this on Facebook and I'm gonna ask it again. So I recently asked this, but how is it that parents in films don't believe in Santa when it's canon in the world that they live in that Santa Claus is real? Now I know you're thinking, well, well, that's a silly question. Like of course they could not believe. So here's the thing. They're parents that buy presents for their kids every year, Mm. and yet magically every year there's another present under the tree that neither (gasps) of them bought. Gaspeth. So how, how the fuck? Happen? So how the fuck are these parents like Santa Claus isn't real? We just know there's a some kind of guy who breaks in our house and delivers a present to our first friends. Thieves. Yeah. So so that's just one thing I always think is funny is when parents pretend are like oh, I don't believe in Santa Claus in movies where Santa Claus ends up being real. Anyways, moving on from that. <laughs> so trivia. Um, trivia. So first, I want to say I did really enjoy this movie. I, surprisingly, after like. The first time, so much so that I actually watched the second one shortly after, which which is not very Damn. good. But, you know, I just I had some extra time to watch it. So G- Jingle All the Way had a sequel. And I think it was like Larry the Cable Guy. And I was like, that's the that grossest sounds, thing I've yeah, ever sounds seen. Sounds like a mistake. Yeah. Jingle All Trivia. the Way 2, is that right? Yeah. So for one week in November of 1994, Tim Allen had the number one movie in the box office, the number one TV show. Home Improvement, and the New York Times best-selling book, Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. I can't imagine what that fucking book was about, oh. um, but apparently he was fucking slaying it because he had number one on all three categories for like a, a week. Um, evidently, uh, Disney has a police, like a, a policy. I'm sorry, not a police. I was going to say, oh my. I just spelled police. Uh, so <laughs> policy where they won't hire ex-cons. Weird, but okay. Uh, weird flex. Tim Allen had a criminal record and they made an exception for him, which was like a very, like a first, I think, or something like that. Mm. Um, mm. Weird rule, but you know, here we are. So t- <laughs> Tim Allen makes a joking reference in the movie at some point with a line saying 1-800-SPANK-ME, which <laughs> evidently a considerable amount of people called and it was an actual phone sex line. So... <gasps> People were super pissed because a lot of them called and got huge bills. Uh, so surprised, and so they were all pissed at Disney. So in 1997, Disney ended up changing the number in the movie to 1-800-POUND, which is only six digits. Better than 1-800-POUND It was only five, only five digits. Oh, my gosh. That's the thing is if they had put pound me, it probably would have been a sex thing again. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, so uh, they just like, let's just not make it a real phone number. So Yeah. 
The whole script was written with Bill Murray in mind as Scott Calvin. It's kind of weird to just call your shot like that. <laughs> to yeah. write a whole script with him in mind and then be like, hey, we've got this script for you. And he's like, no, I don't think it's for me. And then he just passed. Um, Tim Allen was miserable during the making of this film. End of sentence. Just kidding. Uh, because it was shot in the summer in a non-air conditioned building. Which is, <gasps> why the fuck would you possibly do that? So, a non-air conditioned building? Is yeah, that what you said? Oh a non-air gosh. conditioned building combined with him wearing a fat suit, facial prosthetics, a beard, and a Santa suit. Oof. Um, so he was dying so fucking much that like during scenes he would forget that all of like all these fucking elves were played by kids and would just start swearing on set. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. And lastly, this film was originally going to be released by Hollywood Pictures, which as we've discussed many times in the past, this is one of the shame box uh, places where movies go that Disney doesn't want associated with. But then they did some tests tests of the movie, and apparently kids fucking loved it, so they switched it back to Disney before it was released. Go figure. Flip-flop, yeah. flip-flop. Yeah. Like, you're sh- in the, go back in the shame box, Tim Allen, and they're like, oh, never mind. So, That's where uh, you belong, Tim Allen. There's so much Tim Allen in our feed right now. I know. So I'll tell you what, though. it's um, This was a good – God, I didn't even think about the fact we just did Home Improvement. Yeah. <laughs> so, But, no, this was a, a good film. This was Tim Allen's first starring role, and I, I thought the movie is pretty solid especially because it establishes a lot of Santa lore, like uh, modern day Santa lore about Mm -hmm. how different things happen that, you know, previously all the old movie, all the movies were Christmas movies that were old um, with like old fashioned toys and stuff. Um, And this one had a lot more technology and shit involved in it, which was cool. So, Um, so yeah, the Santa Claus. That's amazing. One thing I I wanted to mention, I forgot there was, I didn't really care for digging into trivia for jinx all the way, but I would be remiss not to mention the fact that um, there was a, an issue with the lawsuit where jingle all the way was Mm -hmm. a script stolen from um, a high school biology teacher named Brian (laughs) Webster. Okay. And they were the studio. Yeah, it was. I think his script was called "Could This Be Christmas?" Okay, so I'm just going to read the trivia. Um, he presented to the studio in 1994, and never received payment nor credit, despite the film making 129 million dollars worldwide. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a lot. This is like we're going to call it a different thing, and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, they the oh, the studio no. was ordered to pay 19 million, but that was later reduced to one and a half million. Wow, that yeah. is so wild, though. Like he was like a fucking teacher at a school. Yeah, a high school biology teacher. He and was biolo- like, not it. even an English professor or anything. Just here's a Christmas script. He's like, listen, I love to teach biology. I also love to Fucking write turbo, Christmas man. holiday scripts. It's like, do you? Yeah. He's like, I do. It's guess what? Weird... It sucks. I mean, yeah, I'm a claims adjuster and I make podcasts. So I guess that's like, you know. That's fair. People do weird stuff. It's true. So, I'm a mom um, and a storm chaser. So Weird combo. But hey, uh, we've gone like pretty long tonight, which listen, I think is because we we're we, back. We just so missed you guys. We missed you so much. We want to like, just fucking blast you with shit. Episode and, uh, first time back. That's true. So let's 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 wrap this let's wrap this baby up like yeah. a beautiful Christmas present. Because I think by the time you hear this next episode, Christmas will have come and gone. Merry Christmas to you. This is your Christmas mm-hmm. present from us to you. Mm-hmm. If you want to know where to find us, we are on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Nineties Court. And on Instagram at 90s.court on all three places you can vote uh, each week for whichever one you want to, whichever portion of the court case you want to vote for. Um, want to vote on all three platforms? By all means, help yourself. And so 
Uh, additionally, if you want to support the show and get some extra bonus content and some shout outs as well as some stickers, hetchy machi, go to patreon.com slash 90s court. And as always, for Christmas, for us, I think Andy and I would both love to see some new five star ratings and reviews yeah. under the tree, which is to say on it's Apple not, Yeah, it's less under the tree and more so on Apple Podcasts. But <laughs> if you put it under the tree, it doesn't really help us. If you yeah, put it we'll on just Apple be like, Podcasts, wow, I don't even lot. know how you just write five stars on a piece of paper. <laughs> it's just <laughs> laid it under our trees. That does nothing. But um, guys, we missed you. We're glad to be back. And um, I think we have one more episode before the new year. Yeah. And uh, we are. <laughs> it's going to be something random about nothing seasonal at all. So I hope you'll enjoy that. <laughs> Yes, yeah, hopefully. But I think I think people have been waiting for the Santa Claus and Jingle all the way. Well, yeah. you got it. For better or for worse, you got it, guys. So uh, I, that's episode, whatever this episode was, 64. 64. And, Nintendo 64. Uh, Nintendo 64. Thank you. You got there before I did. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week. We wish you all a Merry Christmas. Be safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. And uh, you got anything? Happy Hanukkah, remorse. Merry Christmas, all Happy that good Hanukkah. shit. Um, all, all the things. Oh, damn it. My Turbo Man thing went away. But Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Tur- Turbo Man. Harold right. says goodnight. Merry we'll Christmas, everyone. We'll catch you everyone. next week. Adios, Love dudes. You, bye. Stay rad.